Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. We're back live from HP Discover. I'm Allison Klein. This is Chip Chat. I'm joined by Allison, Alan Gibson. Excuse me, I almost called you Allison Gibson, Alan. That would have been really inappropriate. Um, Senior Strategic Initiative Manager at Intel. Welcome. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you, Alison. So, Alan, we're topic, talking about workstations, which is a platform we don't discuss a lot on ChipChat, and we probably should discuss more. I'm looking forward to this. Um, why don't you just describe the category for our audience so that we can get in the right mindset? Okay, so workstations are uh, usually desktop computers which are built to do heavy lift industrial and design applications. So they're built to be much more reliable, to be much more accurate, and to deliver the level of uh, results which uh, industry really needs for the critical design processes. You know, I think that when we look at these, you know, a workstation is not for everyone. Um, This is a very specialized client uh, for specific types of people within an organization. What are the typical folks that use workstations? So if we look at the applications where workstations are used today, uh, we see them used across a number of industries where that critical data is uh, part of the end requirement. And we see them in computer-aided design, computer-aided engineering. We see them being used in some of the sciences and uh, in um, things like medical usages, but then also used in, in graphics where you need uh, high-quality visual output as well. So a lot of industry use them, uh, often used in science quite a bit and in medical applications. Now, Intel has approached workstations um, in a slightly different way from client computers in that we tend to put Xeon processors in those, which are most famous for being server processors. What's the reason for that? Uh, A few reasons, really. Uh, Obviously, the the Xeon CPUs are uh, much faster. Uh, They have some special features built in, like error-correcting code memory, which allows you to have much better uh, data accuracy. and also that the speed at which you want them to work and doing simulations, doing graphic intensive applications. You know, the Xeon gives you that extra oomph, that extra performance. Now, when you look at these types of systems, obviously they're significant investment for um, a company to, to invest in these. And not all workstations are created equal. Uh, so what are the primary attributes that would separate these from one another? Uh, so if we look at um, the, the range of workstations for HP, for example, um, we see them having uh, basically uh, four different uh, devices in the range. And these go from workstations which will use the i5 and i7, um, either mobile or, or small desktop. And they'll be used in, in basic sort of ca- computer-aided design, right the way up to uh, a workstation which has um, 128 uh, megabytes of memory, also has uh, dual CPU Xeon, and they will be used in really highly critical design um, work. You know, things like uh, looking for oil, um, um, some of the, the graphic intensive film industries uh, where they're making um, the latest, greatest Bond film or something like that, where actually having to use the data to get the right graphical output you know, means they can do it in hours rather than weeks. So it seems like 
CPU performance is important. Graphics capability is important. I would assume memory is also going to be an important characteristic in terms of these platforms. Um, when we look at graphics, since this has been a common theme in the examples that you, you gave, what is Intel doing there in terms of um, delivering integrated graphics um, into the platform, and is that good enough for this space? So in certain applications, and yes, integrated graphics are where we're moving towards. At the moment, I think if you look at the really critical graphical requirements, still fulfilled by um, standalone graphics cards, GPUs, and, and often it's not just one GPU, but maybe uh, uh, two sort of graphic cards. But I think if you look at the way Intel's graphics performance is evolving, you know, in a matter of time we will get to a point where Intel integrated uh, graphics capability is good enough for most applications. And how about storage? What's, what's important in terms of storage capacity in these types of systems? So if we look at uh, some of the applications from the digital media entertainment industry where they're rendering huge files uh, from making films, you, know, you need a lot of storage there. Um, and, and having the right storage, obviously, as you say, is key. Uh, another thing that's also important is the I.O. capability and being able to import and export those data files quickly as you need them. So when you're looking at designing a data center, um, sorry, um, uh, a workstation, and integrating to a data center, or, you know, all these sort of four factors are important. It's you know, the right CPUs, the, the right I.O., the right memory, the right storage. And often you need to start with your end application and start from that coming in. So what's your application? What are you going to achieve? And uh, design, your design your workstation around that. You know, one use case that you didn't talk about that I think is quite interesting is the design of, of products in a um, virtual world and you know, simulating different prototyping um, on a workstation. Can you give some examples of of how this would benefit a company and, and maybe some companies that we've, we've worked with in this capacity? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, simulated base design um, has got a lot of basis in, in science in terms of how you optimize your design process and the speed of design. And really it comes at it from a different direction. You know, traditional design is about someone sitting down designing something, then you build it and then you test it, which can be quite a long drawn out process. I think using simulated base design and workstations, it means you can design using the right uh, software package. You can then test that design through multiple iterations. You can continue to perfect uh, your design and, and get the optimal uh, design performance against your test parameters. And then you actually build, and, and then you can sort of take to market knowing with a a high degree more certainty that your performance is what you want out of your initial design criteria. So certainly uh, SPD, you know, simulated visual design, is it's a key use of workstations um, in multiple industries, um, whether it be motor racing, whether it be um, uh, things that we, we take for granted. Uh, and a good example would be maybe Dyson and some of the fans they, they use. And the proof point they have is that um, the using SVD on workstations um, meant that they could go through 200 different design stages uh, online uh, in real time, and that speeded up their design process by 2.5 times. Obviously, time to market matters a lot, so being able to design in an accelerated manner means uh, quicker time to market. 
quicker time to market and, and a better product as well when you go when you come to market. So greater degree of certainty that what you bring to market is going to be successful. You know, I, I know that at Supercomputing they were talking about Audi designing cars in a conceptual world. When do you know that you need to move off of a workstation and really go to a high-performance computing solution uh, for the capabilities? Uh, you know, is there a level of complexity or anything that you're looking for there? Uh, I think you know we have to go back to uh, the designers and see where they're stretching the limits of what they're trying to achieve. And a good thing about working with Intel and also HP on this is you know we have the experts in house who can. You know, plot that path to uh, the limits on performance on the workstation and then moving to you know, the hyper performance of supercomputing um, and, and working with us and, and, and also us working with you. you know, we're learning, you're learning and at the end of the day hopefully we stretch the boundaries of what's possible with the technology. When you look at uh, the macro applications moving into a cloud-like environment Someone question whether workstations are going to exist in the future. What are some of the performance restrictions in these types of environments, which really requires the excuse me the performance local at the designer's side versus um, somewhere in a data center halfway across the world? Uh, oh, that's interesting. I was talking to a filmmaker in Budapest uh, a few months ago. And he said he thinks he will always need um, workstations in his um, in his creative studio. Uh, and also he likes the idea of mobile workstations. So when he's out and about shooting and uh, making films, he can pull up you know, a high-performance mobile workstation, um, an Ultrabook-type workstation. And he can do some, uh, some quick um, rendering. He can do some quick production on the fly and actually test some ideas he's got in the field. So yes, um, some of the high design requirements will need um, high performance um, data um, workstation based high performance capabilities. But I think there will always be use cases where uh, workstations uh, will be needed. As I said mobile workstations or, or, or people actually working away on their own, producing videos, producing advertisements. Um, those are the guys who are always going to need a workstation. So, Alan, obviously, um, a full week of, of fun at HP Discover. What is on your uh, agenda in terms of the key things that you're doing and that you want to see? Um, so, I think, yeah, listening to some of the, the keynotes, obviously, really important to go along to those. Uh, from our perspective, you know, we've got great things happening with HP here, not just on Workstation, but on mobile uh, client, um, also things like Moonshot. Um, and we have a, a full-on uh, social media agenda here this week, so uh, please watch out on Twitter for Intel and um, also some of the other channels we use. And I think you'll get a, a real good impression about some of the amazing things Intel does with one of our key partners with HP uh, during the course of HP Discover. I'm glad you mentioned Twitter, Alan. Uh, you're the first guest on Chip Chat today no that actually has had a Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> IT Alan Gibson. If you're not following Alan now, I'd suggest following him. Uh, I bet you're tweeting uh, from Discover. Uh, I've been tweeting as well. So you can, you can check us out and, and find out what's going on at the show. I know that there's a lot of different Intel folks that are, that are trying to share the event if you're um, in another part of the world and want to follow on with what the discussions are. Were you in Meg's keynote this morning? 
Uh, yeah, earlier this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it depends and what time zone you're on. But, yeah, yeah, you know that that just shows you that I'm still a little bit on West Coast time in the U.S. It felt like early morning to me. But uh, what were the key themes that you took away from that speech? Uh, so I think it wasn't just, you know, Meg was giving a great sort of overview of what uh, HP is moving forward with. I think some of her, her key guys were talking some great stuff uh, about cloud, about storage. Um, and, and it really was just a great presentation from HP, I felt. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, trying to get all that into two hours can be difficult. But it was neatly broken up and some great messaging. And I think you know, Intel came across very well in that, as did the other partners in terms of the overall innovation agenda, which HP is trying to drive at the moment. So great products coming along, great services, great solutions from HP Enterprise in particular. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on Chip Chat today. Uh, pleasure speaking to you about workstations and, and tech in general. Um, we'd love to have you back on the show sometime. Okay. Thank you very much, Alison. I look forward to that.